0: So competitors, you want to be mentally stronger, then you're going to love this conversation today with Dr. Sandra Kampoff.
1: Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more.
0: What's up, competitors? That's right, it's a new episode of the Compete Everyday podcast. But before we get started, let's have a midweek check-in. How are you doing? How is your mindset? More importantly, how is your progress? It's Wednesday right now if you're listening to this show on the day we drop, which means you should be progressing closer to your goal than you were on Saturday night. Did you make progress Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Heck, have you already made progress today and now you're tuning into the show? If you have, I want to commend you. See, it's not the things that we do every so often or once a week, once a month that get us to where we want to be in life. It's the things that we do every day. It's the little choices we make. The, the decision to get up and go work out in the morning like we said we would, or the decision to hit our snooze alarm. The decision to invest 10 to 15 minutes a day reading, watching YouTube videos on, on things that we can develop, skills we can build or choosing just to scroll Facebook and comment and like on silly memes. It's the little choices in life that ultimately get us to where we want to go, the person we want to become. And so today, consider this your midweek check-in to evaluate how you're doing with the little things. And if you're on pace to just get after your goal and crush it, keep going. But if you're not, consider this your chance to hit reset. Just like in the old days when you were a kid, if you were playing a video game, you lost. A lot of times we'd get mad and we'd hit reset. We'd turn off the system. We'd start it over. We wanted that fresh start. This is your fresh start. So today I want you to start competing. I want you to find a way to take that step that you couldn't take yesterday. And tomorrow when you wake up, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to take another step. You're going to compete because that's what we do each and every day as competitors. We make the choice to compete for our goals, for our relationships, and for our life. That's why you're here. That's what we're about. And so it's time to hit that reset button if you need it. Get that blank slate and let's get after it. If you've been listening to the show, I know you've heard me talk about our friends over at True Labs and their decision to sponsor and support the Compete Everyday Show. I've been a fan of True Labs for a while now since they launched. We even had founder Brandon Pogue on the Compete Everyday podcast back in season two. You can scroll back to episode 81, listen to my conversation with Brandon. But I want to tell you today about their protein and protein collagen. Now, with six simple, effective ingredients, True Labs has created just a really good tasting protein. Even better, they're confident that they've added the higher end of whey concentrate protein to the market. If you don't believe them, try it yourself. You can get 10% off any order at TrueLabs.com. That's T-R-U-L-A-B-S with code C-E-D. So maybe you don't want to try the protein or their protein collagen. Perhaps you want to try the sleep the energy or my favorite pre their pre workout that's going to give you long lasting energy without crashing even better. It has a multi formula ingredient. So you're constantly uh, adapting and never having your body grow a tolerance to it. Any of those products get 10% off with the code CED at trulabs.com. That's true labs without the E.com. And now let's get back to the show. Now, as always, if you want to get in touch with me or the show, drop me a note to podcast at competeveryday.com. Put in the subject line, hey, Jake. Just let me know you heard about it on the podcast. Say hi. I would love to get to know you. I always love seeing the emails we're getting each and every week with just show suggestions, guest ideas, or those of you that just want to reach out and say hi. I love talking to you. I'm glad to get to know each and every one of you. and I appreciate you tuning in to listen to the show, but more importantly, to be committed to becoming that competitor capable of making a difference in your life and the lives of those around you. Today's show's a special one is Dr. Sindra Kampoff, and I've got to play phone tag and, and Twitter tag for a while just trying to get this interview scheduled. I feel like it's been a few months in the making and lived up to the hype. Cinder is the CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, a consulting company who provides mental training for individuals, teams, and groups. She has over 20 years of high-performance work with elite, Olympic, college, high school athletes, and teams. She is currently in her fourth year of providing mental performance training for the NFL's Minnesota Vikings, where she gets the opportunity to work one-on-one with players. She has a historic career in this space, and she's full of knowledge knowledge that she openly shares with us today on this show in terms of how we can build our mental toughness, how we can improve our mindset and grow our grit, the things that we need as one of those traits, that grit trait, that growth mindset trait of being a winning competitor. Dr. Kampoff does just an incredible job of explaining all that today. And For those of you that haven't checked out the Raising Competitors podcast yet, it's our new pod- podcast exclusively for parents of youth ages 8 to 16, where we talk about a lot of the same topics that you'll hear here around grit, growth mindset, gratitude, pursuing greatness, leadership, and grooming others. But we talk about it in a way that we can teach our kids. So you, if you are a parent, if you know a parent, please recommend Raising Competitors podcast. You can find it in iTunes, you can go to raisingcompetitors.com. But in that podcast, you'll find more conversation around how we teach our kids to be successful competitors in school, sports, and in life. And so without further ado, I'm excited to welcome you to this show with Dr. Sandra Campoff. Sandra, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. But I've had the opportunity to follow you online for quite some time. Uh, and then a mutual friend of ours, uh, James Leith, who highly recommended you as a guest on the show. And so I cool. the community's excited about hearing from you. And so the first thing I want to dive into is work around grit and mental toughness and mentally strong people. I heard you say once on an interview that that developed out of your own struggles as a runner. Could you take us back a little bit about what started that path for you?
1: Yeah. You know, what started me being getting me interested in sports psychology is actually my own experiences. So um, I was an elite runner, um, high school runner, for example, who won the state meet and then got a full ride college scholarship to run division one. And it was actually there that I really struggled with the mental game. So I had a lot of, um, physical ability and did a great job in terms of my grit and just my ability to stick with things long-term and to really push through obstacles, um, and to train really hard. But it was in the moments, uh, where I got in the race that I didn't have really a lot of mental toughness. Um, and so, you know, my interest in, in helping athletes and now leaders and now CEOs and corporations and associations, um, cause my work really started with athletes, but really now is, is much broader. It started from my own experience in sport and really struggling with that.
0: That's, that's interesting. It's usually those pain points we have that once we go through them, we want to help other people overcome them. One of the things that I think is interesting about your journey is, is that catapulted you down this path, but you're still active. And so I'm curious as yeah. of our listeners that are former athletes, there's that transition period where there is a little bit of an identity crisis where you're not quite the athlete you once were, but you still in one case, you still want to go run like the Boston marathon. I, be competitive with yourself, but it, you don't beat yourself up as much as you might have when you were an athlete in college and you were doing it on scholarship or for championships.
1: Absolutely. I do think that the focus changes, you know, my own experience as a college athlete, I was pretty burnt out when I left, only, be, only because of my like my mental attitude. And I didn't do a very good job of keeping my mental strength when I was in college. But I got back into running and now have ran 15 marathons. My favorite is the Boston Marathon, uh, which I ran that five times. Um, and for me now, it becomes more of my own personal quest. And, you know, it's less about winning or you know, uh, beating somebody, but it's more about my own personal goals. Um, and sticking with maybe trying to get a different time, or sometimes it's just about completing another marathon. So it's not always, you know, a specific time that I want. And what we actually know is the world's best athletes have a variety of different kind of goals. So they have, um, you know, most people kind of separate them into outcome goals, performance goals and process goals. Um, And what I have found in terms of my own experience as an athlete now, that it becomes more of a performance goal. You know, I'm just interested in improving my time and having a great experience, Uh, or I'm focused on the process goals. Okay, I want to run a certain mileage this week to keep my fitness, (laughs) and less about the outcome goal, which is about winning or, uh, you know, uh, beating a a certain person or winning a championship. Uh, But all of those types of goals are important based on where you are in your journey.
0: I find that interesting because like you said, there's really the two sides to that coin. You're the performance side where it's it's outcome driven. And then you're the process side, which is really embracing that process of getting better and the journey, not necessarily the outcome. Yes. Be successful people be able to go back and forth between those two.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So in my book, I, I talk about something um, called the next. 95, 5% rule. And it's actually just my own perception. And so um, for the last four years, I worked with uh, the Minnesota Vikings, providing mental training to them. Um, and uh, the person who wrote my forward of my book is Adam Thielen. And so for people who don't know Adam, he's a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, um, somebody I've worked with for eight years and uh, came from a division two school where he got a $500 scholarship to now being a Pro Bowl athlete and just signing a $64 million contract, you know, to, to keep playing for the Vikings for, for several years. Um, but I notice in kind of the world's best is that um, they are focused sometimes on the outcome where, you know, they're they they want a specific thing that they're going after. But the majority of their time, I think 95% of their time and some, of, some other people who I've witnessed, I think 99% of their time is really focused on the process. And that's really like how to get better today. Um, And I think the outcome is really helpful to think about when um, when you want to stay motivated and when, for example, you have a hard time getting out there and doing the workout, it's helpful to think about, okay, what am I trying to go for? And, okay, it's this race that I want to run or I want to try to qualify for the Olympic trials or I want to get that and the NFL contract. But in in the moment, it's not really helpful to think about the outcome. Um, And I think athletes don't necessarily know when to switch it off and why it's important to switch it off. But I found particularly while you're competing, if you're thinking about the outcome, it's really detrimental to performance, And so this might be, you know, a salesperson giving a presentation. And if they're thinking in the middle, you know, that, and I don't know if they're going to sign me or not, or if if I'm going to get this sale, you know, your attention is taken away from the present um, and it can be really distracting. So being able to know when to turn on that, turn on your focus and turn it off, I think is really important on that outcome goal.
0: Uh, On the process path. One of the questions that our community was interested in was what are the ways that you encourage people to almost get out of their own head and to enjoy that process so it doesn't feel as much of, of work, which it is, uh, but you see it as something fruitful or planting that seeds knowing the harvest is coming later?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it's really about being able to stay focused on the process and stay present moment focused, because that's really the only place that peak performance happens is when you're focused on the process and focused in the present moment. Um, and so that's something that you can learn over time. It's not something that you're born with. Just like the idea of being gritty is not something that you're born with, it's something that you can develop over time. And to me, you know, when I think about grit, I actually use Angela Duckworth's definition, um, who's done most of this research in the area is, you know, being able to stay passionate for what you're doing and sticking with it in the long term. We just did a great study here um, in Minnesota where we looked at, um, we interviewed 18 uh, athletes who are former athletes or current athletes and they're, they're elite athletes. So at the top of their game, and we asked them how they developed their, their grit. Um, and many of them talked about this like one time moment that was really, really difficult. So they talked about a significant moment that was very hard to overcome and that that really was a key determinant in their grit. So being able to stay focused on, on what they wanted and, um, staying passionate about it. For me, probably the, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd say for me, probably the thing that really impacted my own grit was I was at the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, and I had just uh, finished the race about 45 minutes before the bomb occurred, but I was right near the finish line. And uh, for me, it really uh, woke me up to my purpose. Um, We had heard there was you know, multiple bombs along the course. And, you know, perhaps there could be a bomb where we're staying because we were right next to the the course. We were right on the course, our hotel was. Um, And it was a really, um, not only a life-threatening moment for me, but um, a time where my race didn't matter. (laughs) It didn't matter that I just PR'd at the Boston Marathon and ran a great time. It was actually, you know, what mattered most was my family and my passion and what I was doing. And I started making different decisions after that, that moment being at the Boston Marathon, um, I got more clear on my purpose and why I do what I do and I, I wrote a book, something I always wanted to do and 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 actually, since the two thousand and thirteen Boston Marathon became more focused on speaking and delivering uh, and, uh, my my message that way so um, you know I think moments of grit can be i think you you become to understand yourself and what your grit is really uh, like, and, and, uh, you become more, I guess, in tune with that during the really more, more difficult moments in your life.
0: Yeah, we absolutely agree in terms of, of grit being something that's developed. I love Carol Dweck's work with growth mindset. I love Angela Duckworth's work on grit and and that whole research behind it. I'm curious how you can influence or encourage others to develop it one perhaps if they struggle with a fixed mindset and the belief that you're either born with it or born without it um, but the ones that haven't had a significant situation or turning point moment in their life how you can still encourage and influence them to develop their own grit, knowing that it will be necessary at some point in life down the road
1: that's another great question um, so the way that i would answer that is i break down the definition and we know in in the field of performance and sports psychology that There is a variety of ways that we can cultivate our passion, uh, which is part of Duckworth's definition. You know, your passion and perseverance for your very long term goals. We also know there's psychological skills to develop. Um, you know, or psychological tools to develop your skill of being perseverant and sticking with things. And then we know that there's a whole literature, literature about the power of setting goals. Um, So to me, when I think about developing and helping athletes develop their grit, I'm looking at, okay, um, how can I help athletes be, and not just athletes, but, you know, corporate athletes as as well, be more passionate about what they're doing, Um, stick with it when it gets difficult and do they know what their goals are and are they really clear on that? And do they know when to focus on more of the outcome goals versus the process uh, or more performance goals? Um, And so that's, that's where I'm going to start. You know, my book is called beyond grit. And the reason I called it beyond grit is it covers 10 practices of the world's best. And these are practices that um, I've seen in the world's best, but are also Uh, Consistent with the literature and performance psychology and grit is just one of them, right? So sometimes I think when we think about what is the it factor, (laughs) uh, you know, for us to develop, I I don't think that there is an it factor. Um, I think grit is a piece of the puzzle in terms of being uh, the best that you can. And there's quite a bit of research about how it's connected to achievement um, it's connected to um, interest and enjoyment, like in sport, for example. Um, and uh, it's connected to, I was even reading a study this weekend about entrepreneurial success and how grit is connected to that, right? Um, but, I, you know, the book covers really these other nine practices because it's important that we see it as not something we're born with, but we can continue to develop ourselves to be really an elite performer in any way.
0: That, that answer, I, I have two directions I want to take off this. It has me just really excited. So the first was what you talked about of, of the sustained passion and grit and the characteristics in your book. We had a fascinating conversation uh, with Yogi Roth, who works for the Pac-12 Network, about the future in sports and what he sees in youth athletes. And he made the comment that he thinks you'll see more, quote, unquote, but over the next Ten years, because with all of social media and all of the attention, people fall in love more with the attention than the game. And unless passion and love for the game, whatever the sport that is, you won't be able to have it to sustain and stick with it and, and want to continue playing. Which is fascinating, reiterated by what you said about the importance of having that passion. The other thing is, is about your book. Which is incredibly, incredibly influential. And, and as someone who, right now, I'm in the weeds of writing the book, my first book on okay. being a competitor. I'm right in the heart of it. And, and what you've done, in the book, is very inspiring. I'm curious how you started your process of seeing that big goal because you sit down to write and you see that blinking cursor, and it yeah, helps you. And it, it's like that for a lot of us, whether it's walking into the gym for the first time or for a job interview. That big goal haunts us a little bit about its size. How do you encourage Mm -hmm. people to take that first step?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I have a big, big goal of writing five books in five years. (laughs) So I can say that out there. It's, you know, it does intimidate me. I have a book and a workbook now. So I got got three more to write in the next three years. Um, You know, for me, it started with... My experience of the Boston Marathon and realizing, okay, I only got one life. I really want to make sure that it's meaningful and I serve others. And I, I thought in my heart that I have all this that I could really like impact the world with. And so that's what I. That's why I wanted to share it. I think getting clear on the reason and the purpose you're doing what you're doing is really important. Um, and I started my book with, um, with a, a table of contents. Uh, I knew that I wanted to cover these fifty two practices or these fifty two chapters that were part of these ten practices. And I expected my book to be pretty short, you know, like uh, two pages for every um, every chapter. So it'd be like one hundred and four pages. <laughs> and I got halfway through, and it was already one hundred and four pages. <laughs> so uh, that didn't work out so well. But there was a moment where I did not want to write, and I was done. Um, And I recall it was actually right at the beginning of football season. So my life was just about to get even busier. And um, I I did really struggle with that. One of the things that I did that was really helpful is I um, made like, a board. I called it, you know, part of my grit board. And now I I have a, a different grit board that I can talk about in a second. But it was all the people that I wanted to impact from this book, like the reasons that I was writing this book. And I printed out pictures of them. I took pictures of them, you know, from the internet, posted them right above my computer. So when I sat down, I thought about my why and that it really wasn't about me. I wasn't writing it it to serve me. It was about, you know, I really wanted something for my voice to read and my my legacy that I was leaving from that for them. I really wanted, you know, I had pictures of the athletes that I worked with. And I, I know that this book could really like help this athlete better understand what I mean by it in confidence or how to develop it. So, um, but it's not easy, I think, to write a book and sustain it long term, like that commitment, you need a bigger reason besides yourself. Um, and that's what we actually know about the research on purpose, right? Like your purpose is more impactful when it's not just you're doing it for you, but you're doing it for other people to serve others, um, so, you know, those are a few tips that I would provide. I also had people around me that really supported me that I could call and say, man, <laughs> I'm struggling, you know, and they they'd give me a pep talk. I, had to, I still have a coach I use. I had a writing coach. You know, this is more of my own mental coach, my family. Um, but I also had to make a lot of sacrifices. Sacrifices to get the book done. So I recall, you know, this one Sunday, my boys are playing football in the backyard with my husband and I'm sitting there writing, <laughs> you know, uh, and I had to get really clear on, on why I was doing it. Um, uh, but the, the, the end result is phenomenal because, um, you have really something that impacts other people besides you just being there and talking with them. And now I get messages of, you know, I, I read your book and it helped me in this way, or I was struggling with this and I put, you know, pulled out your book and read this chapter. So um, I think reminding yourself that those things are going to come.
0: And and I just want to encourage you on that fact. I heard John Maxwell say the other day in an interview with Don Yeager, he talked about how when he goes and talks, he can influence someone for 45 minutes or a day. But with his books, he's able to influence them throughout a lifetime. So uh, you obviously getting that feedback from your readers is fantastic. And and one of the things that you hit on that I really want to hammer home for the listeners is, you are at the top of your field. Uh, you're one of the leading speakers on this topic. You have coaches that you've still brought in to help yes. you process, which is so crucial for any successful competitor in life, whether it's on the field, needing a coach or in life, business, finance, health. It's great to have that coach beside you. I want to switch gears as we wrap up to talk about developing just mental toughness and resilience and in- in kids and youth athletes uh, in healthy ways. Because I think with social media, we see so much in the youth sports world right now that is positive and very negative in terms of how parents are handling certain, certain uh, uh, I would say atmospheres or opportunities to parents, uh, grit and toughness. And I know that the listeners for our show and our racing competitors are passionate about just finding ways to help their kids succeed in school and school in life with mental toughness being a big piece of that. Cinder, how can people get connected with you? How can they find out more about your book and the work that you've got going on?
1: Absolutely. So probably the easiest way is you can head over to Dr. Sindra. So D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A. That's probably the easiest way. Um, and my book, Beyond Grit, is up there. Um, I have a workbook that... Goes with it, and then an academy we launched about six months ago to help you learn more about these ten practices um, of the world's best, and how how can we practice them as everyday people? Because in you know we perform every day, maybe not as athletes, but in our work and our lives and the different roles that we have. So probably the easiest way would be drsyndra.com I'm also on Twitter at mentally underscore strong, so um, i have a podcast called the High Performance Mindset. So every week I'm delivering a a short message about mindset. Um, and then I interview people about mindset as well and just interview some of the best, uh, in terms of in the mental game. So it, it's kind of amazing. Um, I get to interview, you, you know, right? Like you just, <laughs> I appreciate her being on. So
0: awesome. Well we will link to all of that in the show notes. We'll have links to the book, your workbook, the Academy. Everyone should go check it out. I've been following her for quite some time on Twitter and it's fantastic content. Cinder, thank you so much for joining the show this week. Thank you
1: for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit competeeverydaypodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find
0: resources to help compete for your best life.